Good morning, everybody. A quick, uh, quick thought on the parasha. So these parashiyot that we're reading, they serve as uh, the introduction to us of Moshe Rabbeinu. And uh, we, in describing the events of Moshe's early life, the Torah seems to be trying to make a case that Moshe is fit for the future leadership of the Jewish people. Yet we only have a few stories about Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu starts, we see in this week's parasha, he starts really with B'nai Israel, he's 80 years old. So what happens in the first 80 years of Moshe's life that qualifies him to be the leader of B'nai Israel? That's, that's a big midrash, tells all the stories of what happened during those 80 years. But why does the Torah itself only pick a few stories to, to tell us? So Rav Simcha, Rav Simcha uh, Zissel, he tells us that we really only see one thing about Moshe Rabbeinu that qualifies him for the job. There's one theme and quality which begins in Shemot, it continues in this parasha, and it shows us that Moshe Rabbeinu is worthy of being chosen to be in this position. And he says, what quality is that? There's a concept of Nose Be'ol Chavero. A person who's a carrier of someone else's burden. A person who's willing to take the trouble of his friend and put it on his own shoulder. Moshe Rabbeinu, this is his quality. He's Nose Be'ol Chavero. He has the capacity to feel the pain of a fellow person, of a fellow Jew. He brings in this week's parasha, or last week's parasha, Vayetze el achi vayar besiblotam. The first thing we hear about Moshe is that he goes out to his brothers and he sees their suffering. Moshe Rabbeinu is a prince in the, in the palace of Paro. The rabbis tell us that not only that, he had already gone out as a general and he had won victories for Paro. He's considered as Paro's grandson and in some ways they look at him as a possible successor to become the king of Egypt. Instead, what does he do? He should be this guy who doesn't care about anyone, who doesn't care about any slaves. Instead, what does the Torah tell us? He focuses his eyes to be distressed over the suffering of the Jewish people. In a way, Moshe is saying, and always what we see Moshe is saying, I wish I could be in your place. Moshe sees the Mitzri, the Egyptian, beating the Jew. Moshe saves the Jew from the hand of the Egyptian. We say that's a case of Nosebe Ochavero. He's he's taking his friend's burden. But we see much more the next day. Because the next day, it's not an Egyptian against a Jew, but worse. It's a Jew against a Jew. And what does Moshe do? He does the same thing. And this act that he does causes him his position in the palace. And it makes him run for his life. He becomes a fugitive of justice. We see that Moshe Rabbeinu is willing to give up everything for someone else, to help someone else. When Moshe goes to Midian, you would think he learned his lesson. The lesson is, Moshe, mind your own business. If you mind your own business, nothing's going to happen. If you get involved, you're just going to get in trouble. No good deed, right? No good deed leads to, right? Every good deed leads to being uh, messed up, he said, right? But what happens when he gets to Midian? He sees the daughters of Yitro. They're being harassed by the shepherds in Midian. 
What does Moshe Rabbeinu do? He steps in to jump in and save them and help them. So it doesn't matter who he's helping or who he's helping from. Anyone out there, Moshe Rabbeinu is willing to go and help. He bears the burden of his fellow man's suffering. This and this alone is the primary quality that Moshe possessed. But it's very interesting. Rav Yonatan Eibeshitz in his Sefer Tiferet Yonatan uses this idea to explain why Paro excused the entire tribe of Levi from the Egyptian bondage. You didn't have to work. You were, you were off. According to the rabbis, the tribe of Levi was not enslaved the entire time that they dwelled in Egypt. He says something very interesting. He says that Paro saw through his astrologers that the eventual savior of the Jewish people is going to come from which tribe? The tribe of Levi. So he figured that if I don't enslave Levi, then whoever is going to come from their tribe is not going to have been a slave. He's not going to lead the rebellion because he's not going to have suffered from the slavery. He's not going to be able to feel the slavery. He says, it's a brilliant plan. Paro is willing to give up the labor of the tribe of a Levi as a means of stifling the ability of any Levite to aspire to become the one to save his people. Even the Jewish people themselves were skeptical of Moshe's ability to lead them out because he wasn't a slave. He didn't live with them. They say, how could he feel what we feel? But the, the rabbi says that Paro underestimated the tribe of Levi. He failed to realize that the tribe of Levi in general and Moshe Rabbeinu in particular had an unbelievable ability to empathize with their fellow man. In spite of the fact that they were not the victims of slavery, they had the capacity of putting themselves there. The Shalak Kadosh quotes on what we read in the Torah today. Moshe is a Levi. And we see in the beginning, it tells you, this is the tribe of Reuven, and it lists the children of Reuven. This is the tribe of Shimon, and it lists the children of Shimon. And then it says, these are the names of the children of Levi. Why different with regard to Levi compared to Reuven and Shimon? It says, Ve'ele shemot b'nei Levi. He says that the Shalak Kadosh says something unbelievable. He says that Levi prophetically realized that his sons and his grandsons were not going to be victims of enslavement. But he didn't want them to forget about their cousins who were slaves. Therefore, he gave each of his kids a name to remind of the slavery. Keha means darkness, that there's going to be a darkness in Egypt. Merari comes from the word mar, bitter. There's going to be bitterness in Egypt. Gershon comes from the word ger, meaning they're going to be strangers in a, in a land of exile. He knew what was coming and he wanted his children to be reminded of what's coming, even if they're not slaves, simply through their names. And you see it in the names of the grandchildren as well. Rav Zimcha Zizel explains that Moshe Rabbeinu's statement at the end of last week, Hashem, why, lama herota, why did you do bad to the people? This was worse than the sin of hitting the rock. So why doesn't Hashem really punish him for what he did? Rabbi Matitiyahu Solomon, who passed away this week, who was the mashgiach of, uh, of Lakewood, of, uh, of the Beb Nidrash uh, in Lakewood, he says something, he was a student of Rabbi Zimcha Sissel, he says that, why did Hashem let him be? He says, because it wasn't Moshe talking, it was Kalal Yisrael talking. Moshe Rabbeinu was so fused with the needs and suffering of the Jewish people, it was as if he was the voice box of all of the Jewish people. 
He said the people couldn't be held accountable for, for such speech because they were in anguish. And so therefore, Rabbi Franz says, this is the resume of Moshe Rabbeinu. He's qualified for Jewish leadership because he had the preeminent quality required of a Jewish leader, the ability to emphasize and suffer for all the Jewish people. There's something very interesting for anyone who's a descendant of Levi. He says, brings the Shela Kadosh, that a person should see from this week's Perashah, there's a few Pesukim. And those Pesukim basically begin, Ve'ele Shemot B'nei Levi le'todotam, and then it goes, B'nei Gershon, U'b'nei Gehat, U'b'nei Merari, and it goes all the way to, Ve'elazar ben Aharon, Lakach lo b'bnot putiel, lo li'isha v'telet lo epinchas, Ele rashe'a avod ha'levi'im le'mishpechotam. He says this something, just to hear, it's unbelievable. Ve'hi'im hu mishevet Levi, of a person is from the tribe of Levi, Matov u'mana'im, how wonderful. She'yomar v'sha'at ha'zivug, when he's getting together with his wife, before he goes to bed at night, he should say this parshat of Bate Avot HaLevi'im, which is mentioned here, these four or five pesukim, hamuskarim beresh, that, are, that are mentioned in the beginning of this parashat Vayera, min va'ele shemot b'nei Levi, until we said, until we, we bring to this lemishpechotam. And he says, v'sarich l'ilmod zeh ha'parashat ba'alpeh. He has to know it by heart. Ki az... He has no light in the night. He has nothing. He could say it before he goes to bed. He says, if a person does this, because he's mentioning the generations of Levi, each one, how important they were, one to the other in the Torah, he will be zocher to continue those generations at the same level and the same height. We should always remember. This is, he says, anyone from the tribe of Levi. He says, everyone else should try to mention whatever tribe they could be associated with. But he says Levi specifically has these Pesukim and this Yichus of Levi that really nobody else has. The Yichus of Kohanim is what nobody else has. They should focus on that and go from that to be able to develop it more. He 